Welcome, Black Hollywood Live fans. On today's Justice is Served, we talk Trump, 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 and more Trump. Stay tuned for more. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Lives. Justice is Served. Welcome, Black Hollywood Live fans. I'm your host, Saka Smith, and I am joined by no one today. Um, unfortunately, my other co-hosts have to be out, but we still have a show for you. Um, we're going to talk about Trump's executive orders, and we're just going to get right to it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Saka Strong. We'd love to hear your guys' feedback. Well, as we know, this past week was a little crazy with the Trump travel ban. And recently, Amazon and Expedia have joined a lawsuit by Washington State uh, against the travel ban. And so what, are, what is the travel ban? What is being alleged here? I've seen a lot of stuff on social media, people calling it constitutional or unconstitutional, but I don't know if people know exactly what that means. So again, just to kind of recap, this travel ban was against seven countries, Iran, Iraq, Libya, um, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, and Yemen. And basically, the administration's reasoning is that the Obama administration already identified these areas as having a high risk of terrorism, and so they wanted to keep everyone out from these um, countries. So it's a 90-day moratorium for, for anyone um, from these countries. However, um, Trump went on the Christian Broadcast Network, and he said something that might be a little bit troublesome when it comes to the constitutionality of this executive order. And what he did say was that Christians would be preferred because of the way they've been treated so horribly in the past. So what Amazon's claims and Expedia's claims come down to is the harm done to their employees. Um, Expedia, actually, the harm done to their customers, as they've already alleged that a thousand of their customers are from these uh, hold passports from these seven countries. So Amazon says its employees and Expedia says its employees will be harmed because they, it's going to restrict their movement and their travel, and travel plans have already been changed. But their basis is the First Amendment and the Fifth Amendment. So the legal basis is that this violates the First Amendment because it violates freedom of religion and uh, freedom of national origin. Essentially, the, the government would discriminate against someone based on national origin. Now, what we're looking at is a kind of a balancing test, because what the president has is something called plenary power that governs immigration, immigration law to a certain degree. And we've already had tests from the 1880s to the 1950s that have allowed presidents to essentially violate the First Amendment based on national security when it comes to the realm of immigration. However, it's been a while since this has been applied in the courts today, and I guess the real tension is whether or not our civil rights have kind of outweighed this plenary power that's been used far in the past. And so that's what courts are looking at. So it's not necessarily a very well-settled issue. So when you hear people talking about constitutionality or, or unconstitutionality, they're kind of looking at these two issues. Now, if you look at the plenary power and you decide, look, you know, we're not in a situation that the president should be allowed to discriminate against you know, someone's national origin or religion um, due to the plenary power to keep, to keep us safe for a national security purpose, then you have to look at if the actual executive order violates the First Amendment. Now, President Trump has some things going for him. The order is, to some degree, narrowly tailored. The order specifies it's for national security. The seven countries on the list were identified by Obama's administration. What he doesn't have that washes his way is that studies have shown since 2001 that there have been very few terrorists from these countries. So that's going to be problematic. More problematic are Trump's comments that Christians would be preferred. The exact, the exact um, language in the executive order talks about minorities, religious minorities, from Muslim-majority countries. So now you're not necessarily 
discriminating based on religion. You're discriminating based on minorities and maybe a need to flee. However, when Trump goes out and says Christians would be preferred because of the way they've been treated, now you're making a distinction. So I think a lot of this is going to be problematic for Trump going forward. Again, there's also a violation or an alleged violation of the due process clause. And what's important to note here is the Fifth Amendment extends to non-citizens. The greater, the greater your citizenship claim, the greater your claim to the Fifth Amendment, but it does extend to non-citizens. And can you take away the rights of a non-citizen without due process, without a trial, without a hearing? And courts have found typically no. So I, I think this one's not going to really wash well for the Trump administration, though on the face of it, the executive order does seem to be somewhat narrowly tailored, and they do have some basis based on the Obama administration's previous identification of these countries. So, you know, it's just social media is so sort of myopic. We see the unconstitutional constitutionality, but these are the issues that people are really talking about. So I would love to hear your feedback, whether you guys believe it's constitutional or unconstitutional. But for cer- certainly Sally Yates, when she came out and f- said she found it unconstitutional, she was well within her own judgment to do so. So any judge finding it constitutional or unconstitutional, they do have some discretion. There's not some sort of bright line when it comes to these things, especially the plenary power, which has not really been examined by the courts um, in recent times. So that's where we are at with that particular executive order. But I also want to look at another executive order that Donald Trump had signed, and that tends to be a little bit more worrisome. So San Francisco has recently sued the Trump administration over their executive order, which threatened to pull federal funds from cities that were essentially sanctuary cities. So the question is, what's a sanctuary city? So there's about 400 jurisdictions that have these laws that protect illegal immigrants from, from uh, that laws that protect illegal immigrants from being reported to the federal government should they be should they get in trouble on a local level. So, for instance, if they find someone and they jail them over maybe a small marijuana violation and they let that person out, a city like San Francisco would not then call um, immigration and say, oh, by the way, we're releasing someone who's also an illegal immigrant. So there's no coordination on that level. Now, whether or not you agree with that is another issue altogether. Um, San Francisco's reasoning is that it protects children, that the children of these illegal immigrants, um, they're allowed to be taken to school, allowed to be taken to the hospital without um, that parent being worried or um, getting arrested or being deported. So I think that's a very interesting um, basis for the, for the law, and certainly I would hope that studies bear out that that is actually a problem, but that's not what is being discussed here. The question is whether or not the federal government could withhold federal funds if the local government does not comply with working with the federal government um, to essentially report these people to the federal government. Unfortunately, it's, this is a real, well, what's being alleged is that it's a real violation of the Tenth Amendment, and what we do have here is case law that pretty pretty well backs up um, the case for the sanctuary cities. In 97, uh, the Supreme Court found that the federal government could not force states and local governments to do background checks for gun sales. They found that that would be an overreach. They'd be commandeering the states. You're not allowed to commandeer local and state officials to carry out federal laws. That's just a rule we have, Tenth Amendment, that's the way it washes. And again, in 2012, the federal government found that the gov- I mean, not the federal government, the Supreme Court found the federal government cannot use a loss of federal funds to coerce the state to do something that it wants to promote on a federal level. So 
it does seem that the sanctuary cities have a lot of recent case law to back their uh, to back their claims. And I'm going to say when it comes to these executive orders, I think both will fall on legal claims. So we'll see where it goes from there. We've got a lot more Trump to discuss. That's it for me today. A very quick roundup of a couple of uh, contentious executive orders. Next week, we will be discussing the Supreme Court nominee pick, Neil Gorish. I think we'll have a very lively discussion for you guys. And before we go... I want to talk a little bit about Blue Apron. If you guys know me, you guys know I also host a club, uh, also host a show called Fit Club. Um, that'll be coming up next. And one of the most essential things when it comes to fitness is diet, and that's why I love Blue Apron. They are local. They are farm fresh. Um, they want to make home cooking accessible, accessible to everybody. Um, what I do love is that they work with 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the United States. More importantly, they deliver to just about everywhere, 99% of the continental U.S. and 99.5% of food deserts. So if you don't have stuff around you, Blue Apron probably delivers. Um, another great aspect of Blue Apron is that it's about under $10 a meal for every person. So if you want something cheap and that's affordable, that's also farm fresh and local, Blue Apron's the way to go. I'm kind of excited about their upcoming meals. They're always very savory. Um, they got cashew chicken stir-fry with tango, mandarins, and jasmine rice. Roasted pork with, ap- with apple, walnut, and farro salad. Crispy barramundi with quinoa and roasted carrot salad. Udon noodle soup with miso and soft-boiled eggs. And that's just to name a few. So they got some really great, uh, great meals coming up in the next week. Um, what I want you guys to do is go out, check out this week's menu, and get your first three meals for free with free shipping. Very key. Um, by going to blueapron.com slash BHL. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash BHL. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. We thank you, Blue Apron, for uh, keeping our viewers uh, very fit and in shape. And hopefully you guys will join me uh, uh, in about the next 30 minutes for Fit Club. Uh, Thank you, guys. And this was a solo show from Shaka Smith. (laughs) You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Shaka Strong. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagramming, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.